Welcome to episode 9 of Bikes, Bands, Beers, and Backpacks, where I discuss my favorite things in life, including motorcycles, live music, adult beverages, and exploring nature and road trips. On today's episode, Harley-Davidson releases its 2018 lineup of motorcycles to mostly negative reviews, and it's Road Trip Throwback Thursday, so today I will be discussing the first few days of my recent trip out to BC. Stick around. So on Tuesday, August 22nd, I guess that would have been, Harley-Davidson revealed their 2018 lineup of motorcycles. Included were always the the smaller Sportsters, the bigger touring bikes or baggers, the V-Rod lineup. But a huge surprise came out where they have now combined the Softail line of motorcycles with the Dyna line of motorcycles into a new uh, monoshock frame that is basically a soft tail so the dynas are no longer r.i.p dyna now dynas are you know very popular with the more hardcore harley enthusiasts and is kind of the more classic looking bike with the exposed double rear shocks a little more aggressive profile than any of the soft tails and of course the touring bikes and many claim that the Dyna is the best handling bike right now. And all my friends who have moved out to BC have switched to Dynas from their couple of mat baggers and soft tails. And they just enjoy their performance a little better in those curvy mountain roads that they get to enjoy out there in BC instead of what we ride out here on the prairies. Now, these are the models of bikes also usually associated with the outlaw motorcycle gangs like the Hells Angels and is what most of the characters rode in Sons of Anarchy. So... Harley says they're trying to attract a younger demographic with these bikes and claim that they're lighter and stronger and faster. From what I've seen, the bikes are about 30 to 35 pounds lighter, which on a 750 to 800 pound bike is a little bit, but not significant. And they all have now have stock uh, 107 inch Milwaukee 8 engines up from the previous stock 103 inch engine. So bigger engines, lighter bikes, and supposedly better handling. So say what you want about the performance if it's better it's better but to me aesthetically these bikes are falling very very short of what i would like now many of the classic looks that harley owners have loved over the years are now involved evolved more into a spaceship looking machines to me they resemble you know some of the japanese cruisers like a honda or a yamaha which is there's nothing wrong with those but just i don't like how they look and then again these new harleys look a little more like spaceships which is um kind of more like some of the now defunct victory line of motorcycles look that i just could never really get into uh r.i.p dyna as i mentioned before was very prevalent in uh was a prevalent hashtag in my social media platforms while comments about the improved handling from those who have been able to ride them uh say that they do handle quite a bit better and you do notice the power but uh Again, I don't really like how they look, but people are saying, you know, all stock bikes are ugly and you need to customize them to get them how you want to look anyway. So it doesn't really matter that they look that way. Now, the mono shock on the rear is easily adjustable, which is an improvement and hopefully hopefully the aftermarket parts for you to make your motorcycle look better and how you want it are going to be a little more prevalent and a little cheaper now that the aftermarket companies don't have to make separate parts for dynas and for softtails. Now, the traditional dyna riders may also learn to like 
um, the new additional room that they'll have to put their saddlebags on now that they don't have to, uh, you know, adjust for the, the dual side side uh, shocks. But uh, time will tell how the public responds to these models with their wallets, and we'll see what happens. It is Thursday, so you know what that means. It is time for another edition of Road Trip Throwback Thursday, where I discuss a road trip that I've done in the past and how maybe some of the four Bs of bikes, bands, beers, and backpacks related to that. So I did have the pleasure of traveling down through Montana, Idaho, Washington, up to BC, over to Vancouver, and then home through BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan uh, earlier this month. And I'm going to discuss some of those first few days I did on the road. So we left Saturday, August 5th. Uh, we were on the road a pretty good time. I think it was about 6.30 in the morning. Drove down through uh, Moose Jaw, Swift Current, Medicine Hat, and before heading towards Lethbridge and then cutting down I believe it was at Tabor, down through uh, the Mormon country there. And we, uh, those of you who don't know, I'm pretty involved at Luther College High School and help out, I coach their football team and help out with their uh, their annual basketball tournament, the LIT, do some of the stats and record keeping for that. So anyone familiar with that tournament knows the rich history that some of the schools in the Southern Alberta have, like Cardston, Raymond, McGrath, and uh, our trip actually was taking us through those towns, so I stopped and uh, took a selfie in front of all the gyms to you know, pay your respects to uh, those great teams and uh, just kind of say hello to anyone I could see there. We then continued on and got stuck at the border for about an hour and a half. It was probably as long as a border stop as I've ever really had to deal with. And uh, just the grumpiest border guard I've ever seen. Usually the US guys are, you know, they're never really friendly, but they're at least polite and, uh, you know, pretty stern. But this guy was slow moving and grumpy and didn't really want to talk to us or do anything. But uh, got through the border, no problem, and continued on down. Kind of as soon as you get through the border, you're into the Rocky Mountains south of Waterton, if you know where that is in Canada. And we were camping at a little town called St. Mary, which is right at the start of Glacier National Park in the States and the Going to the Sun Road, which is absolutely fantastic. So we camped there the first night and just a weird, weird experience of, I was up in decent time. I was up about 6 a.m. or so making some coffee and walking around the campsite trying to get the Wi-Fi at the uh, at the uh, store there. But uh, probably 60 to 70% of the tents in our tenting area there uh, people were packed up and gone before 7 a.m. so I'm not really sure what that was all about uh, we were thinking people were doing some hikes and wanted to get a good start up in Waterton or sorry not in, Water, in the in Glacier National Park and so uh, but yeah weird to see people just getting up and and packing up bright and early and you know some of us were a little more slow moving but uh, caught up with our friends that uh, were meeting us down there and we drove the going to the sun road which is again just a fabulous fabulous experience it is weird to get into the national park your only option is either an annual pass or a seven day pass so even though we were going to only be spending you know five or six hours driving through the park it actually probably wasn't even that long the only option is to pay your $30 American and get in so I said that was kind of weird and the lady at the gate kind of agreed with me but hey it is what it is so those of you not familiar with going to the Sun Road it is quite a quite an old road 
in the in Glacier National Park, one of the first real kind of crazy roads that were, you know, made in these national parks when they were started in the early 1900s, and it goes up over the pass, and so you start and you're kind of going along a lake, and you just keep getting higher and higher and higher and higher until you're up over the pass and looking down at all the road that you've already driven on. The eastern portion, I think, is a little more mellow than the western portion. As you head down, you're really just clinging onto the side of the mountain, just, you know, straight drop off. There's a few places to stop and take nice pictures, a few places to stop and, uh, you know, there's sell snow or, or kind of glacier snow there that you can, uh, you can go touch. And then there's lots of hikes you could do up to bigger glaciers or down to lakes and rivers and waterfalls and whatnot. So we just drove through it and we needed to get over to Boise, Idaho, where we were going to stay for the next three nights and check out Silverwood Amusement Park. So as we made our way out of the Going to the Sun Road and continued on down through western Montana and into Idaho, we camped at Farragut National or Farragut State Park it is and just a great facility there nice uh nice campsites great bathroom facilities and just a crazy rich history there where it actually used to be a naval base where they would test submarines apparently is how it went uh as well there they had a pow camp for germans and americans i believe it was in the second world war and then after the war the uh the base was kind of abandoned and shut down and they bulldozed it all or most of it and have planted trees and now it's this beautiful state park along the lake there I can't remember the lake kind of south of Sandpoint Idaho if you know where that is so we spent the three nights there there was a fire ban everywhere but they were were allowing us to have a fire in the fire pit there so that was great to be able to have fires that was the only fire we were able to have all trip as the fire bans and the smoke was was pretty bad and pretty prevalent the whole two weeks so even in in boise it was very very smoky and we got up and went and spent some time at silverwood amusement park now I had never been there before. My wife went there a lot as a kid, and the friends that we traveled with had been there last summer. So it, before, it was just an amusement park, and recently, in the last, I think it was about 10 years, they've added a big water park as well. So we were going to spend two days there, so we are going to do the, you know, the rides on one day in the water park. The next day, to our surprise, or pleasant surprise, I guess it would be that there was only one park entrance, so once you're in, you could go back and forth between the water slides and the and the amusement rides, which was great. Uh, most of the first day, we were on the rides. Decent lineups, nothing too bad, nothing as bad as, you know, say a Disneyland or anything like that. Uh, good selection of rides for kids, good selection of rides for adults. Lots of uh, roller coasters. There's two uh, wooden roller coasters, which is great, and one uh, older roller coaster I believe used to be at Coney Island, I think. I read um, and it was pretty hot but not too too bad food prices were okay and called it a night you know late evening early early late evening I guess uh, got up and went back the next day bright and early trying to get into the water park as soon as we could as there's some cabanas that provide shade which is important for for pasty people like me as well as we had a couple young pretty young kids with us so we didn't want them overheating we were there all day the water park was pretty unreal 
except they just they allow way too many people into it so you're waiting way you know probably two to three times as long in line to go on a water slide as you were for any of the rides at the amusement park so it's pretty pretty neat ride some one of my favorite rides was a big four person tube that you sit in and you go down the uh, a big green water slide that's covered in a lot of it so it kind of feels like uh, Super Mario 3 World 4 where you're small and everything is big and uh, kind of weird feeling going in a water slide that big but lots of fun and after that we were able to go back to the amusement park that night and go on a few of the rides and just have a few more uh, fun times there I did try my hand at a uh, three-point shooting contest uh, you needed to make three to win a prize. I made two of my first four and then missed my remaining 11 shots. So, hey, that's how it goes. We got up the next day and headed down, headed up to uh, towards Kelowna. And it was a weird road. There's nothing really direct that way. So you're kind of heading over towards Spokane and then kind of a back highway up to the middle of nowhere, northeastern Washington. Some really weird towns there. <laughs> and then uh, kind of took a shortcut over a mountain pass, which was crazy how steep it was going up and down. Drove through a uh, forest that had probably fairly recently been on fire and before making our way up through Midway, BC and on to Kelowna. As far as adult beverages went on this first leg, I did pick up a sample pack in St. Mary, Montana of a local Montana brewery. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't that memorable. Sorry, I can't think of the name, but uh, had that the first night and then picked up uh, 30 uh, Coors Banquet as they were on sale for, I think it was $18.99 American. So hard to say no to one of my favorite beers at a price like that. Uh, enjoyed those around the campfire at Farragut and took some up to uh, to Kelowna with me. I did try a little cheap bottle of wine as you know you can get beer and wine at the grocery stores and the gas stations down there but the hard alcohol liquor is uh, quite a bit harder to find and I was hoping to try a bourbon down there but uh, didn't have a chance to uh, stumble into a store that was selling it so settled on the beer and a little bit of wine. Did not get to see any live music on this uh, leg of the trip at all, but we did spend uh, a drunken night around the campfire trying to come up with uh, our favorite 10 bands from the 90s with our friends from Regina. Now, we didn't quite get there because, of course, we were drinking, but uh, the 10 we kind of came up with, and I'll, I'll go through, we got Nirvana, TLC, Boyz II Men, Mariah Carey, Smashing Pumpkins, Snoop Dogg, Tupac, Biggie, No Doubt, and The Offspring. Again, this is just our favorite bands uh, and not uh, necessarily what we thought were the best or what uh, the most influential or anything like that. And some of the uh, notable exceptions were Counting Crows, Green Day, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, Foo Fighters, Bush, and Alanis Morissette. Now, it's kind of funny how my wife and I had all the grunge bands and the couple we were with had all the... Uh, Boys to Men, Mariah Carey, and the hip-hop guys, but uh, we all knew who they were, we all knew who each other's bands were, and we all had songs that we enjoyed by all of them, so I think it's a pretty solid drunken night list. 
And also, we didn't really give ourselves a lot of time to explore nature there. There, as I said, Farragut State Park is on this nice, beautiful lake. And we drove down to to the one kind of secluded beach that has a nice little bay protected by a big peninsula. And hung out there for, uh, I don't know, half an hour or so, playing water, wading in the water. There was a rope swing that I wanted to try, but uh, we were there a little too late. And I don't know, I just didn't do it. I didn't have my swimming stuff with me. Would have been nice to try some fishing down there. Didn't have uh, my stuff with me or a license, but uh, looks like there'd be some good fishing to do down there. I did see some people fishing. I didn't see them catch anything. Not exactly sure what uh, what would be down there. Probably trout, but uh, beautiful place. And there was some hikes to do in the state park that I'd like to uh, get back and go to next time we go down there. One more uh, motorcycle thing I forgot to mention and I'm kind of excited about is the NBA is now allowing teams to uh, to get a sponsor for their jerseys and just a little patch kind of on the left side around your heart, that kind of thing. And the Milwaukee Bucks have agreed to terms with Harley Davidson. So kind of neat to get a uh, Milwaukee Bucks jersey with the Harley logo on it, uh, hoping for a uh, Greek freak jersey maybe for for christmas something like that and i'm not going to try and say his name it's giannis antetokubo eh, no, not too bad that's going to do it for this uh today's episode of bikes bands beers and backpacks i will be back monday with my second episode of movie monday where i break down one of my favorite films and how it scores out of uh the 4b scale on bikes bands beers and backpacks and how it relates to that movie so Hopefully you all have a great weekend. We're having a block party here on my street on Saturday as well where I'm going to get the McGregor Mayweather fight and see how that goes. It's probably going to be a waste of money, but it's uh, something I think we just all have to do and pay attention to. So take care and see you next time.